Hello, WizKids, and welcome to another edition of Off the Bench. Zach Rosen here with Chris Gehring and Jeremy Hyman. Today, we're going to take a look back at the trade deadline since we haven't hit that uh, since it happened on Thursday. Considering the Wizards didn't do anything major, we didn't uh, feel we needed to tell you much. Uh, we'll go through the Celtics and Hawks games from last, or not Hawks, Bulls games from last week. Uh, and then the Knicks coming up Wednesday. And then finally, we'll go through a little bit of a, an all-star rundown as Jeremy and I will be in L.A. We want to give you a little bit of a glimpse of what we'll be dealing with out there uh, with John and Brad, as well as, you know, maybe a little pod action in L.A. We're, we're hoping to bring you some some superstars, you know, little two-minute hits with, oh, with, yeah. with uh, some of the league's finest people. So uh, we'll get to all that. But first of all, guys, trade deadline. Wizards' only move that occurred was a trade to Atlanta. Sheldon Mack, who's, of course, out with his torn Achilles, was traded, later waived by the Hawks. Um, a salary cap move, but, uh, of course, we can't leave it out. Uh, but moving forward, now the Wizards have two open roster spots uh, that could be addressed this week, maybe a 10-day contract to help out with all of our injured point guards. <laughs> uh, and... Then, of course, there are other buyout candidates. But uh, let's talk about what, first of all, what the Cavs did is we were all kind of sitting here. And then I think we were at lunch when a lot of it was going down. And we were just <laughs> sitting there like, okay, well, they have a new team. Yeah, I was, I was literally sitting at lunch and just saw, I had my phone on the table and just saw the Woj tweets just start filling up my, uh, my phone screen. And it turns out that the Cavs have basically a, a new team on their hands um we saw their first game against boston the other day and i i think that you know one game certainly doesn't doesn't really tell you too much and but they certainly look re-energized at least and we'll see how that we'll see how far that takes them but the 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 acquisitions are rodney hood larry nance jordan clarkson and george hill um all guys that i think when you put them around a player like LeBron James, obviously when you put a lot of players around LeBron James, they get better. But I think for, for sure, Jordan Clarkson will, will look a lot better next to LeBron and we'll see how those other pieces fit in. I mean, Rodney hood is an excellent shooter. He's streaky certainly, but he has the capability to be a good defender. The same goes for George Hill, a good shooter that that could be a good defender. George Hill is a little older. And so we'll see how the season piles up and, um, how they're able to acclimate all those pieces, but it certainly makes them more dangerous right now, I think. And then we'll see how the future, we'll see what the future holds for them. But I think in the present, it makes them a little bit better. Yeah, I, th I think we just don't know right now. Right. It's such a mystery. And it was like, that was the closest thing to fantasy sports I think we've ever seen <laughs> in professional sports. 2K. Yeah, a lot where of people you, joked that they're yeah, playing where video. You're, yeah, I mean, literally, when you think about when you're looking at your fantasy team online and you just stare at your roster and you're like, gosh, I do not like my team at all. I'm just going to dump <laughs> everyone. Yeah. I'm dumping, I'm dumping whatever I can. You send out the message to your, to the league and say, I'm, I'm selling everyone. What can I get? And that's almost what they did. I mean, they put almost everyone on the market, almost all the players they added this off season. So it was already a brand new Cavs team coming into the year and they just flipped everyone, almost everyone that they already had other than maybe Channing Fry, who was already, who, was, who had been there. But yeah. um, I mean, just 
you talk about flipping a roster. We've never really seen anything like that to that extent at right at the trade deadline. And now I think, I mean, I've read a lot of takes on it, and some people think that, like, the Cavs are now the clear-cut favorite <laughs> again in the East. After one game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially after they just smoked Boston on Sunday. Um, I I just don't – I won't say that, and I don't – I I'm not I don't hate on the Cavs like I don't think it's it was it, it was not a bad mo- tr- trade I don't think I would have probably done the same thing if I was in that position because the alternative was just to keep watching what had you know the what the first four months of the season had been like so I think the feeling was we have no chance with the roster we currently have so let's just take a gamble and you know, this way, obviously, it's a huge risk, but it's almost a risk you had to take because they felt like they were not going to go anywhere with the team that they had assembled. So they were able to do it. Um, I just think now we just don't know. Like, I'm not going to judge anything on one game. And I just think I, I like all the pieces they added. They're good players. We have no clue how they're all going to interact and work together. They have to learn how to play together in eight weeks before the playoffs start. They have to learn who's what, who does what role. Um, if you just look at last year's Cavs team, it's not uh, Kyrie's a huge, huge piece missing, and I don't. There's no one to me that's even close to that level that's now on their team. And I like George Hill. I like Jordan Clarkson. I like. Um, uh, Rodney Hood, very good player. Mm-hmm. So they have a lot of good players, but but the irony is, while we joke that it was kind of like fantasy basketball or like a fantasy sports, this is not fantasy sports. You can't just add stats to a to your team or you know whatever analytics you use and throw them all together. It just doesn't always work that way. So now they're in a position where they have to learn how to play together if they're the right pieces to sort of play with LeBron and that we still don't know. And I, I, I wasn't completely counting out the Cavs before just because they have LeBron and I've seen them play terrible in the regular season, just as like they did last year for a portion of the season. And it wasn't as bad as this year, but it was still, people said the same things. This team can't play defense. They aren't going to win. They're not going to win in, in the playoffs and then as soon as the playoffs started it was a brand new looking team that destroyed the eastern conference i mean didn't just win but destroyed so now with lebron sort of maybe re-fired up again with this new squad i i can understand why they are still one of the picks in the east i'm not going to say they're the clear-cut favorite because i don't know i can't say that based on one game or what based on what I think of these players I need to see it at least for a couple of weeks and then I guess we'll see yeah and and the last point there is they'll they'll have to play without Kevin Love for four weeks and then Kevin Love will come back and obviously Kevin Love is an all-star caliber player we know that and that's good news in the long term but the question certainly for that team will be when Kevin Love comes back, you know, maybe the last week of March or something like that, yep. and you have three weeks to really ramp it up, um, it'll just be interesting to watch. Now, obviously, I don't put any of that past a guy like LeBron, and certainly Kevin Love's a veteran. He knows how to play once he gets back. But it'll it'll just be, you know, they have been fascinating to watch since LeBron came back for all of the reasons that you read about every single day, it seems like. 
and we'll see uh we'll see what happens th- in this iteration yeah the for them, it was almost just that they needed to blow up the chemistry. Not really just the talent, but yep. all the toxic uh, media coming out of it and their players-only meeting. It, it seemed like it made not only the most sense t- to make these trades that made – I mean, you look at them, you say, oh, they're pretty fair trades. It's just mm-hmm. they needed a mix-up. So for them, involved in there, they, they sent IT to the Lakers, who now he'll kind of have free reign to do – basically whatever he wants offensively, which will be interesting to watch as he's in a contract year. Yep. Uh, Dwayne Wade back to Miami, who we'll, we'll get to see twice in, in March. Uh, so that that's interesting. Of course, the Cavs game is the first one out of the break. And so the first Cavs home game with the new squad. There you go. So, so it, we're yeah. definitely going to get a taste of these, these new teams that are definitely competing with the Wizards. Right now, the Wizards are only – you know, within two games of the Cavs, the Heat are two games back of the Wizards. So these are teams that are, are competing. Uh, and then on Thursday, we saw the Celtics who, you know, they're pretty banged up. But the Wizards down 10 with five minutes to go. I think we all thought that game was over, similar to Christmas against yeah. the Celtics. But the Wizards just found a way to will back into that game. And I think Thursday, there's no moral victories. No one's going to call it that. But for the Wizards to get back into that game... I know they blew a few opportunities to win the game, but it showed a lot about how this team has played, one that has not been blown out you know, in a long time since that bad road trip. Yeah, Celtics gave the Wizards – the Celtics certainly opened the door, but for the Wizards to take advantage of it and come all the way back and fight to the end of that game, I, I, th- I still think that's promising. Like you said, they won't say that it's a moral victory, and I agree they shouldn't think that way as, as players and coaches, but – for as an op, as an observation i think it, i still think it was moving in the right direction i don't think that it was a um i don't really think that it was any sort of roadblock or any kind of setback um for this team we still look ahead with a lot of games left without john wall i think that was another promising game that they yeah. that they played well they played together the ball moved and then you know when we came to chicago um you know, it was a bit of a weird game and kind of like a war of attrition, it kind of felt like. Um, but the hallmarks were still there. The ball moved really well. I think they had, what, 31 assists mm-hmm. on 40 field goals or something yeah. of that, something around there. Um, so the principles that they've kind of set forth in this in this period without John Wall that, you know, we, you hope will we'll stick around for the rest of the season into the playoffs, they're, they're still there and that focus is still there, I think, and that's that's really promising going into this break and yeah and the bulls game was so strange because beal was off only had seven points i mean he's been he was kind of off in boston against boston too but the team has still found a way Mm -hmm. to compete and a lot of that especially saturday has been tomas sadaransky who has really come onto the scene and in these eight games as the starting point guard uh he's made all of his free throws he's 13 of 19 from three shooting 57 percent from the field averaging uh i think six over six assists five assists and i mean he's just been everything the wizards could have hoped for him to be and then you don't even look at his stats and defensively he's been outstanding and gone against some of the best point guards in the nba i mean what does this say now i mean let's let's not just think about the present but like when wall comes back to have sadaransky like how do you even think about this team now well that's been that has been if you look at this season and think about what's been one of the biggest and most pleasant surprises i think you start right there 
Um, there's a few guys, you know, I think Kelly's done a, had a heck of a year coming, you know, emerging as well. Sure. But, but Sadoransky, we remember, he wasn't playing at the beginning of the year. No. I mean, this was a guy that was not in the rotation. And there was a time not long ago, I mean, you go back last year, I mean, go down the list of the last seven years. If you said John Wall's going to be out of the lineup for six to eight weeks, not that it's a death sentence, but there's a lot of times when this team could not have gotten by, maybe gotten by at 500 within those games. Um, but the way that they've come on and played, you know, without their all-star point guard, a lot of that can be attested to Sadoransky's development, his emergence on the scene as he does it all. I mean, he's a he's just shown – I think his shooting, I think, has surprised me the most because – yeah. I did not think that he could shoot the ball like he has this season. And that is where he's just taken leaps from where he was last year in terms of his shot, his three-point shot. I mean, he wasn't thought of as a shooter at all. No, no. I don't think he was almost allowed to shoot from three last year. Yeah, and I I mean, part of that's confidence. Part of it was all the work he put in over the summer and working with a shot shot doctor or a, Mm -hmm. a shooting coach that uh, helped him out a lot and his mechanics are good he's now confident and now when he's you know you swing it around and he's taking your open threes I think everyone's going in now he's gotten to that point where he's just like he's a knockdown three-point shooter Um, and that you know how important is that in today's NBA to have a guard that can shoot like that and having him you know run the offense we saw him in the Celtics game I remember watching him defend Jalen Brown which who's a much bigger, you know, a stronger slasher, slashing guard. And he took on that challenge, I remember, and made a nice defensive play on him. I mean, he, he can guard different positions. He does so much for this team. And I don't think it can be overstated how how important he's been in this stretch uh, without John and how important he's going to be for the next month or six, whatever it's going to be without John to just keep this team going and keep this team to be able to win these games with uh with John out and I I'm not I mean I think I don't know if we said it on here but the ridiculous sentiment about right. the team being better or whatever without John is you know is lunacy to me but I, I'm just talking this is all with when you lose an all-star you need other guys to take on bigger roles and that's what we're talking about here and Sadoransky's done an outstanding job so then when John does come back we'll see how they they could play a lot of different lineups. John, Brad, and Thomas could play together. Uh, I think that absolutely could be a lineup we see at certain times with, you know, with a Kelly or Otto playing the four and, um, you know, Keith Gortat at the center spot. Um, and you'd have to think John would be on a minutes restriction in the beginning as well. So yeah. it, it gives Thomas, you know, he's still going to play 20 minutes a game most yeah. likely. And in John, I think, I'm pretty sure John uh, – one of those interviews he did talked about how he, you know, he loves seeing this team winning like this, so he doesn't have to feel like he has to rush back oh, to yeah. get this team in the playoffs. It doesn't yeah. put that pressure like I gotta get back. You know, I, if I'm not a hundred percent, but maybe I'm at eighty-five percent, I gotta just get back out there to get this team over the hump to get in the playoffs. But I think he's now he's probably learning to see what this right. team, how they play when he's not on the court, and what what areas he can come back and then improve this team. Well, um, and, and that's important for John too, because we all know how competitive John is and how bad he wants to be out there. And I think that 
you know, if you if you if you tell John that you're you're good to go, you can go back out there. Even if he doesn't feel 100%, he's going he's going back out there. He loves to compete, he loves to play, and he loves to be out there. And so I think for him to for him to get some reassurance as well, like okay, I I, I can I can wait a little bit. We're winning games. We're playing well, um, and make sure that he's really right because I think that that's something that you know maybe he experienced even this year. You know he he was he was feeling some discomfort and stuff, and he missed some games, and so for him to get fully back and fully recovered is really important. And I think for his peace of mind, too, it's 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 good to see Sadoransky play this way. Um, but going with that being said, we've got one more game until mm-hmm. the All-Star break. We'll be in New York on Wednesday, leave tomorrow after practice. Um, the game before the All-Star break is always an interesting one. It's always interesting to see, um, you know, how, <laughs> checked out? how teams played, who who's checked out. And so um, this is certainly one where I think if you're the Wizards, it's it's an important one because you got to get this. The next this is a next team that you can beat, and and you should beat. And so putting in putting an emphasis on finishing this strong, I, I'm sure we'll hear Coach Brooks talk about it um, at practice going before we leave for New York. But I think it's a fairly important one to get because when you look at the schedule after the All-Star break, it's it's difficult with the exception of the Hornets on the on the end of a back-to-back. Um, you get the Cavs, the Sixers, the Bucks, and the Warriors and, and Toronto. Those games are all in a row um, with the Bucks and the Warriors, of course, being a back-to-back. So you want to set yourself off on the right foot, get into a, to a hopefully restful break for everybody, I think everybody on the team needs it. Um, we talked about the injuries. Keith and Jan were having flu-like symptoms. Yeah. yeah. Tim Frazier with a broken nose in Chicago. Sato fell on his head. Um, yeah, minor head injury. <laughs> minor head head injury. Thankfully. In Chicago. <laughs> yeah, thankfully. It was well, a scary. It was a scary fall yeah. in Chicago, and so we're glad that he's okay. But. But yeah. Well, but, we we don't we don't know yet. I mean, we yeah. think he he's okay, relatively yeah. speaking. But right. we don't. Sometimes those effects can take you know really set in 24 48 hours later mm-hmm. so i don't I, we don't want to speculate at all on the head injury with thomas yeah but we, we don't we won't know his status and i'm we might not know his status until wednesday right um and we uh, tim had surgery we understand on his nose sunday but we'll, yep. we'll find out his status as well that they might have to sign a point guard just for wednesday yep you know a 10-day contract which might not, which be could be separate from sort of the buyout candidates that could be coming in. Yeah, they li- they might literally just need a guard for that one game <laughs> until Tim and Thomas would be maybe, Scotty Brooks, unfortunately. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, would hopefully be back um, after the break. I'd hope they would be available, but again, that's we have no clue on their mm. length of how long they could be out. Yeah, um, and yeah, but you're, you're right. I mean, looking at the schedule. I think the Hornets are the only non-playoff team <laughs> the Wizards face until the end of March. Yep. Um, yeah, until the when Knicks they play again. the Hornets again. <laughs> the Knicks and the, and Knicks. the Hornets. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Knicks are there at the end of March. Which, yeah. and we talked about that early, you know, in the past few podcasts about how difficult the schedule is going to be in the second half. And um, I'll give the Wizards credit; they've looked, they've just, you know, they beat the Raptors, they beat the Thunder, took the Celtics to overtime. I mean, without John, I did. I thought this team might have a tough time with the with some of these you know these tougher teams but 
they have shown uh, a real ability to to win games and to show that they you know that it's more than just just John and even when Brad who struggled the last couple of games they beat Chicago with Beal you know held to seven points seven points yeah yeah so so 19 of the last 26 games are against playoff teams okay so 19 three and three of those are in April Uh, but I think what benefits the Wizards here is the home schedule is in their favor against this mainly playoff schedule they're here a lot the end of February and all of March so that'll be beneficial as we saw, they, they beat the Thunder and Rappers at home. Uh, the the toughest road game, Philly, was kind of the only one they've had since John went out. Was was it going to be tough because of that crowd from the Eagles yeah. Super Bowl? And Philly's a good home team, so yeah. Uh, Philly's but we'll good. see. I Second mean, end, end of the back to back. Yeah, and that's the other thing is the Wizards do have a lot of back to backs to end yeah. the year. A lot of road home, road road. So it means they will be traveling no more home homes. So you will be going from a different city. Uh, on those five, I believe, that are left. Uh, but before we get there, so there's only one game in the next, what, 10 days, which is nice for us to have a little bit of a break. Yep. Uh, but there is, of course, the All-Star Weekend coming up in L.A. So uh, Jeremy's kind of going to run down briefly what, what the guys will be up to. Of course, uh, Beal's in the three-point shootout on Saturday night and and is also in the All-Star game. John, of course, will not be participating in that game on Sunday night. Yeah, Zach will be making his first All-Star appearance too. Yep, Brad Which and I first. First timers, equally equally anticipated. Yeah, I would say. Um, yeah, Brad. Brad did the weekend. It, it, uh, it. He did the weekend with John in New Orleans when yeah. Brad was in the rookie sophomore game. And um, the three point. Was he in the three point in New Orleans or was that a different one? No, he was in that okay. three. Points. It was all the yeah. same. Yeah. Was that thirteen? So that was 2014. Okay. So Brad was in that rookie sophomore game. Uh, I believe he was in the rookie sophomore game in Houston the year before too. Yeah, venture to guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we. Uh, so Brad's he's done the weekend before, but this will be his first time as an All Star, which will be you know a different obviously for him. Um, and John will be there. So even though John's not going to be playing in the game, he is going to be in L.A. Um, doing some of the media, doing uh, the day of service, which will be on Thursday. Um, I, I don't know if the official d- – I don't want to say exactly what's going on yet because I haven't seen the official release from the NBA. But, we, uh, but you know, the day of service in the past has been at schools or on playgrounds or in the hospitals, and it's always great. It's always the All-Stars giving back to the local city where the All-Star game is. Um, that – I thought in the past it was either Thursday or Friday. This year, I believe it's going to be on Thursday when John and Brad get into L.A. Because um, after they have the game Wednesday night. Um, and then, you know, there's a bunch of appearances. There's a uh, the media circuit's going to be a little bit different from what I've been informed um, from the past in terms of, you know, in the past they kind of had a lot of stations to go to as part of sort of like a, a, it's sort of like the media day of all-star game um, with a, uh, that is still going to happen, but I don't think the all-stars are going to participate in it. I think it's just going to be the rookie sophomore guys and the, um, you know, the skills competition guys, yeah. the three point and dunk guys. Um, that's, that's could be a little bit different, but th- the weekend's going to be busy. It always is. We're going to have two guys there. We're going to have a lot of coverage from LA We'll uh, we'll be at all the events. There's a, some things should be 
I think from what I've been told, I think it should be pretty cool. Um, some pretty cool events that they have scheduled, some nice appearances. Some of it's just kind of like autograph sessions and that kind of thing. Some of it, um, you know, th there's a lot of, it, it is LA, so there's going to be a lot of celebrities and, you know, a lot of mixing of athletes and Hollywood type stuff. So that, th uh, Brad should be at the celebrity game, I think on f Friday. Um, so we'll probably be there. And yeah, then Saturday night will be three point contest for Brad. Um, and then Sunday is all star Sunday. So and the first time we'll ever see this new format of team LeBron right. versus team Steph. Well, half of team LeBron, right? Yeah. <laughs> With, team uh, LeBron's a little banged up <laughs> and we'll see, we'll see what, who had more changes team LeBron in the all star game or the Cavs? Mm, close. It yeah. is close. Yeah. He had what four injuries on his team? Yeah, four injuries. Yeah, it's that's pretty wild, and we still have a couple more games to play. So let's cross our fingers and hope no more injuries, yeah. no more changes to the All Star game. But we'll be heading out there in a couple days. Looking forward to the nice weather, the great All Star city. Love L A. Um, yeah, and I I will try to be. I'm being kind of vague with some of it, just because not everything is set in stone and. I like to keep some stuff as a surprise for, for our loyal viewers of <laughs> Wizard Social and Wizards. Yeah. dot com. Yeah. But we'll get you covered. There'll be more exposure than you need, and you'll probably uh, <laughs> be sick of us by Friday. So, looking forward to that. Uh, and again, the Wizards will finish off the pre All Star game schedule Wednesday against the Knicks, seven thirty p.m. NBC Sports Watch and fifteen hundred a.m. hashtag Radio Party. I hope Dave Johnson liked that promo. Uh, and then right out of the break, back-to-back -back in Cleveland, and then home Charlotte. Uh, so the schedule is it is jam-packed after All-Star. Uh, I know that I think I calculated that we have maybe one free weekend after this coming weekend, yeah, the rest of the season. So, uh, But you sign up for that, and we're looking forward to that and the playoff push, and before we know it, it'll be the off-season, and we'll regret everything. So... <laughs> uh, Thanks uh, for listening, Wiz Kids. We'll talk to you, hopefully from L.A., with some special guests that are better and bigger than us. So uh, for now, we want to wish uh, you all a happy Valentine's Day and happy All-Star break. Ciao for now, Wiz Kids.